Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 261 with a review of The Fifth Estate. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining me for the first time, joining us for the first time, this is the Spoiler Warning Podcast. It is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, you know, it is actually night right now, so I am going to say how you doing tonight, Carson. Yes, it's, the time frame is correct this time. This is, this is actual nighttime. I'm not going to tell you where we are because <laughs> we have sensitive information which somebody has given us that we may or may not be posting to the Spoiler Warning website. And, uh, you know, there are CIA slash whatever people's trying to uh, follow us and get this information for us. Stanley Tucci and his bald commando team of people government people <laughs> yes um i mean really we shouldn't even be talking right now we should be uh uh typing to each other via laptop we should you know we should I, just be you know in a chat room or whatever i you know I, I know this film uh doesn't accurate accurately portray government officials because our buddy from all of our other movies wasn't a member of any <laughs> of the government staff he was not no michael kelly was not michael kelly was not involved in the uh the staffing of this film yeah clearly something was majorly wrong in uh, yeah. whoever well, was in the I guess he, department he was too busy working for uh frank underwood that that could be very possible he was too busy trying to like right all the wrongs in that department yeah the, this this department was just trying to expose all the wrongs so right s- since right. no since no writing of the wrongs was taking place they didn't need him on the staff i guess I guess not. Yeah. Or I mean, he also does like he, he's got a lot of jobs, dude. He works at the Daily Planet. Uh, he's a cop part time, chasing down magicians. <laughs> he has a he has a, he's like a Ryan Seacrest of uh, sidekick jobs. Very nice. <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, we're not typing on keyboards here. We are talking to each other. No, we're we're, we're getting this out in the open. Yes, we are broadcasting this sort of after the fact live two years right now and uh, we have we have plenty of secrets to discuss in this episode oh yes mainly the quality or lack thereof of this film we're about to talk Dis- about disparaging secrets possibly uh the secret that this film made one million dollars this weekend <laughs> <laughs> uh what was it $969 per theater, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, ba- basically, we did the math before the episode started, and this weekend, uh, in all the theaters this film got released in, 77-point-something uh, people per theater saw this this weekend, which is... Rough, te- roughly. Telling you either this film's release was a secret and nobody got the memo, <laughs> or... Yeah, the, the release was not leaked online beforehand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I wonder, actually, I didn't... I, I Well... I was going to say I didn't check WikiLeaks to see if they announced this movie on there, but I did. I don't think so. <laughs> I did check WikiLeaks, though, and uh, it, oh, okay, it wasn't there. Um, I doubt it. No no, no new leaks. You know, Last leak was in September or something like well, that. Well, Julie, Julian Assange did, uh, you know, send his uh, disapproval of this. He did, you know, talk about it. So yeah, I think he, he was, did voice his opinion or lack thereof. I think he was mostly upset that Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't smile as much as he does in real life <laughs> during the course of this film. <laughs> Cause, Maybe. Because I will say, um, you know, I watched this film and then I came home and I watched uh, We Steal Stories. Uh, and 
all the actual footage of Julian Assange, he is smiling and seems very jovial. And in this, he seems mm. like he's playing a bad guy in a Star Trek movie. Interesting. Interesting. So that, that's something we will get into in, in our review, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, or at least I will. I don't know. Anyways, we're here to talk about this film, The Fifth Estate. Uh, you ready to do this, Carson? All right. Do you think we can I got, do it? I got, I got my laptop ready. All right, cool. Yeah, so you, you can send me secret messages that the audience won't necessarily hear. Yeah, uh, or, you know, the, the waitress who pops up and yeah. doesn't, you know, I don't want her to see my code. I, I really hope that you don't find out that uh, Stephen Miller doesn't exist and he's actually me pretending to be him uh, the whole time. <laughs> he's actually hacking into this podcast right now. That's why most of the time you guys never record in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you don't know that, that they're um, both me. All right. Well, what, do you, what do you say we get into this episode then? Let's take a listen to the trailer for The Fifth Estate and then get right into a review. You've got about four humpies. You're clear. Light them all up. All right, fire it. Keep shooting. A video was leaked today depicting what appears to be a U.S. military helicopter firing on unarmed reporters. Twelve million people have seen that video. You still want to tell me you think it's just a little website? They have an agenda? Truth, justice, the American way. Man is least himself when he talks in his own person. But if you give him a mask, he will tell you the truth. Two people and a secret. The beginning of all conspiracy. More people and more secrets. But if we could find one moral man, one whistleblower, someone willing to expose those secrets, that man could topple the most powerful and most repressive of regimes. This bank is hiding billions of dollars in offshore accounts. We're going to nail those bastards. Former head of Iceland's biggest bank has been accused of fraud. We took down a billion-dollar bank. <laughs> this is crazy. Courage is contagious. The White House today blasted the leak of over 90,000 military documents. The military logs expose hundreds of informants. There are lives at risk here. I need names of sources who could be harmed if these cables are put out. They're coming after us. We need to publish now. This is the biggest leak of classified information in history. The Guardian, New York Times, all standing alongside you. This is going to change everything. He's not a journalist. He's a threat to national security. This is all about survival. Lives are at stake. What about the lives of the civilians in these conflicts? If we had someone like you, the Berlin Wall would have come down years before. We're on the verge of a major international crisis. If you want to do this, you have to do it now. We all have five seconds. We're going five seconds on. It's just you and your ego and the lies you tell to get whatever you want. This is information the world needs to know. We need to crush these guys. It's life. Times is life. The truth, you should seek it out for yourself. That's what they're afraid of. You. All right, so that was the trailer for the Fifth Estate. This is the uh, the you know partial story of the creation of WikiLeaks, and uh, you know one of the or a couple of the big major uh, controversial leaks that have come out through the site. Um, and for people who don't know what WikiLeaks is, it's a site that Julian Assange set up to allow whistleblowers to come forward anonymously and post um, sensitive information that isn't available to the public normally in a form that protects them and their identity and junk like that. So 
this is you know uh, a film <laughs> carson yes Ooh. uh yeah if anything it manages to qualify as a feature like film yes <laughs> um but I, uh, I'm sure you know a lot more about this subject than I do. Uh, all I knew beforehand going into this movie was uh, I, I knew of Julian Assange, and I knew he was the founder of WikiLeaks and what WikiLeaks was about. But uh, other than that, I really had no idea. Uh, and I, I knew that they had obviously leaked controversial information. Yeah. But... Uh, I didn't really know the full story at all, and uh, after seeing this movie, uh, I still don't really know much more than I already did before <laughs> seeing the film. So I don't, I can't say that it really did its job well, other than maybe clue me into a couple things uh, regarding Julian Assange and his like life before, like his upbringing and uh, just kind of who he is, but. Honestly, uh, I mean, I didn't fact check it, but uh, this movie could just be completely fabricated in its telling of those uh, events. But uh, yeah, like uh, for the most part, I mean, I got to figure out how he created the site in terms of like how people can upload content anonymously, which was kind of interesting. But like, other than that, there's really, like, I don't feel like this movie digs any deeper than, like, what I just said, like, what I already knew, which was there was a guy and he founded this <laughs> site, and you can upload, you know, controversial stuff. And, um, yeah, like, I mean, I feel like this movie could have been really, really interesting and really uh, entertaining, but it wasn't for the most part like i i heard a lot of really negative reviews coming out of uh, toronto film festival and uh after having seen the trailer i was kind of like well that makes sense because the trailer seemed like it was trying really hard to be uh the social network but with wikileaks yeah, yeah. and um so i was like well that that didn't really come as a shock to me but um seeing the movie I don't think it was as bad as some people were making it out to be, but I don't think it is very good. Like, I, I think that it'll be forgotten in, you know, a week. Like, I, I, I will not remember this movie, you know, the following month. I think that, I think it does feel like it took, uh, you know, it, it tried to follow the, the social network playbook by having kind of really intense montages or scenes set with people like hunched over a laptop or something and you know doing all these computery things um except you know david fincher shot that movie in such an interesting way obviously because he's david fincher and this movie uh, honestly like it like just because you know we go shaky cam over a guy's shoulder while he's furiously typing on a laptop <laughs> i mean that doesn't make it and then zooming in on like the code he's looking at or whatever like yeah. that doesn't make it exciting you know that that's not to me it's not exciting and like kind of that quasi trent reznor score that they had going uh really also drove that home that they were trying to to go that way that 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 model of the social network uh but even even if you don't compare it to to social network like 
this movie is just weird like it started off and i was like kind of like i was laughing like i was like really like i it didn't seem serious to me like it felt like i was watching a not ver like a like a non like a non cheesy version of hackers yeah no i I could get that yeah like a non 90s version that you know where that movie was clearly a product of its time and it was in on its kind of ridiculousness and and flamboyantness. And uh, this was, you know, I was like, oh, they're actually being serious about this, even though, like, in the beginning, it's all just, like, these zooms and stuff. I was like, whoa, like, are we watching Alex Cross? Like, what the hell? <laughs> and, like, it just didn't, it didn't mesh with, like, the kind of, dramatic tone that they were going for and they they kind of like tried to do like a whole i mean like they were they were definitely like uh traversing the the continent of europe uh a lot and you know every any new place they were at you know the 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 city flashes up in like big letters and it's like berlin or wherever they're at wherever they are yeah almost kind of like they're you know look at these guys they're almost like you know secret agents or something and but even that angle fell flat to me like none of that ever seemed exciting even though it should have like i think like i said there's definitely the material here is interesting enough where it could have been like a really like fast-paced you know techno thriller and uh i think the performances are in a different movie like i think benedict cumberbatch if he was given, you know, a good script and, like, the right execution of it, like, it would have, like, his performance would have been up to the, you know, or the movie would have been up to the level of his performance. Because I thought just from, like, the few, you know, things I've seen of Julian Assange, like, I thought he captured him pretty well, at least, like, his accent. I mean... Well, that that's, like, that's the thing is, is Cumberbatch nails his vocal intonation. Nothing yeah. about his acting performance, I think, besides a few, like, not ticks, but a few, like, kind of, like, mannerisms and head dips, uh, uh, Cumberbatch did pretty well. Um, like, his performance pretty well, but the problem is the tone of the performance he's giving is much more sinister and evil. Like, right. at, at least comparing it to the documentary We Still Secrets, when you see all the footage of Julian Assange, like, the way he acts is, he acts like somebody who's not this like sinister i need to like i mean he literally says the phrase i like uh what did he say um i like taking down bastards or something like that um mm. we're gonna nail these bastards no like like that's a, that's a, that's a line that he says during an interview at the beginning of we still secrets but even when he's saying that he's kind of smiling and he's like he he is somebody who is excited by secrets and excited by knowledge being spread not this like <laughs> i mean by now, it's common knowledge that Benedict Cumberbatch was playing Khan in the Star Trek movie. Sorry if I just spoiled it for you. But, oh, no. But he feels like he's playing the Khan version of Julian Assange. Like, Julian Assange. That's that's who, <laughs> that's who he's playing in this film. He is this, like, dark, sinister guy who's like, oh, I want to hurt everybody. Oh, uh, I, can't, I can't even do his accent. I'm um, so antisocial. Mm. Yeah, like, he's, he's playing this weird, brooding character. But, like, in... Uh, in all the footage of him in We Still Secrets, he is sort of like a happy guy who's smiling and joking and gets excited when there's a new leak, not like, oh, I need to nail these bastards. Like, it, it's, um, yeah. I don't know, it's it's weird. Like, I, 
watching the film, I was like, man, he really is this evil, like, bad, scary dude who's, like, trying to bring down the universe. And, like, he seemed like this total villain character. And I don't think that in the context of everything, he was really as sinister as this movie is portraying him as. And that be might be why he hasn't come out and, like been happy about this film you know what i mean yeah he because, definitely is not supporting the movie yeah like it, it definitely paints him as this evil guy and not in the cool badass way of like jesse eisenberg's portrayal of um what's his nuts from facebook um like like this is like really just a evil bad dude who seems to be purposely doing malicious stuff and not caring for the well-being of other people like um yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of this movie is spoilers. <laughs> like, I don't think. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's based in fact, so. Yeah, like so you you know you know in the beginning uh, really can't spoil it. You know, after uh, at one point in the film, they say that um, the guy who delivered some secrets was arrested, and they they joke about. Um, they're like, yeah, well, he was bragging about it in a bar. He serves them right. You know, like he, there's that you know that line. Yeah. Um, was that Julian Assange's character? Was that Cumberbatch that said that? I think so. It was like yeah. he was like, "Can you believe that he was bragging about it in a bar?" Serves him right for getting arrested. The real life dude got turned in by the person he was talking to. Like hmm. that guy eventually like turned him in and was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna turn in this kid." And then like half the documentary is about the, the one guy, the kid who was delivering these major secrets and stuff like that. Um, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, like you said that maybe this isn't as bad as what you were hearing from people, and like I think it is that bad. Like this film. And it's weird. Like, remember uh, when we had uh, all the people who were working on uh, Battle Los Angeles who went off and made Skyline? Oh, yeah, right. It feels like a bunch of the people who were, like, helping to produce We Steal Secrets went off and made this movie. Like, just because the way, like, We Steal Secrets is a documentary that is, it, it's made in a semi-flashy way. There's cool little, like, intros to each segment. Um, there's whole conversations that instead of like a, a, a talking head explaining the conversation that was being had you get it in text chat back and forth so it's like the screen is black with like blue text and a guy says something and then it's white with black text and it's the reply and it's back and forth conversation and, and like it's cool it, it, it's it's quick it's fast-paced it communicates exactly what it needs to do and in here we have all those scenes where like they're sitting at a table next to each other typing secret chat messages because the government might be listening in on them like mm-hmm this film, like, I, th I think your your uh, your comparison of it wanted to be the social network um, is super apt here. Like, it it feels. Oh, I mean, it definitely feels that way. They were trying to be the most. This feels like it was it was supposed to be a combination between um, this. This is a combination between the social network and the recruit. And like all we were missing was Al Pacino walking around as Julian Assange, like yelling about like passing off the secrets and like who has the real secrets and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And it's it's something, just the way it was presented, everything from whenever they were, like, doing supercomputery stuff and it would cut to, like, <laughs> them standing in the Matrix construct with, like, 900,000 right, computer desks. Right. Like, that was the dumbest thing. And I have no idea. Like, I know what they thought they were trying to communicate, but there's no way in hell that that, like stands for what was supposed to be being communicated in those instances like I oh i mean like i said it all looked and felt really cheesy like especially like the opening credits with the whole 
sort of national treasury like opening yeah and that's the funny thing is the documentary starts very similarly it's a bunch Mm -hmm. of news broadcasts that are being like created in like digital bits and like you're flying through it and it's it's all this like techno stuff although this was it was weird because it was like they were showing hieroglyphics and you know going through the the ages almost of uh information and how it's you know put out yeah it just it was it was dumb and like It, it was really it but like that's the thing is that like the whole movie feels very cheap in a way. But uh, you said that uh, you you said that I, I wasn't saying it was that bad. But you didn't see Jobs, so this was much better than Jobs. <laughs> I'll just say that. Like I mean, in terms of of biopic movies this year, like Jobs is like bottom of the barrel. This yeah. is at least this at least looks like a production. You know, they had uh good actors and they had you know it, it felt like at least it was taking place somewhat in the real world did it feel authentic no yeah no no, no. Uh, I, I get what yeah. you're saying and I, I wasn't i wasn't trying to like say that you were misjudging i was just saying that like no no, no you're almost saying, giving it too much credit <laughs> i'm not like i'm not saying that like i just felt like that me personally i've seen worse especially this year uh but I don't get me wrong. Like I, halfway through this movie, it just became a slog to watch it. Like I, I felt yeah. like there really wasn't anything. It just became very repetitive. Like there's only so many shots you can show of people typing furiously on keyboards. Yeah, and it just becomes dull. Like I, and and there's a whole subplot with Stanley Tucci and Laura Linney's characters uh, that frankly i didn't think went anywhere like i I didn't really i was not invested in what they were trying to do even though they are trying to you know they're trying to like deal with the repercussions of the wikileaks leaks um but like that whole thing with laura linney and she's got like that guy who's in egypt like that was just like that went nowhere like i didn't care about that at all yeah they they were just the problem is that there's there's never been any evidence that this leak directly caused the death of any person or informant right and that's what he that's what he kind of says at the very end in his little like interview thing you know mock interview yeah yeah. So, so so basically the film was trying to humanize these theoretical aspects of what could have happened by adding all these individual characters um uh you know that that was that whole subplot that you're talking about was was just there to be like well see that person's in danger now isn't that like crazy that he released all these these cables that we're talking about all these different like you yeah but like there was no sense of danger at all no oh yeah yeah for sure and and what's really dumb too is like so all right, the so this movie, what was this movie like? Ninety minutes? How how long was this minute movie? No, this this movie was like two hours and ten minutes or something. Oh, was it really? Damn it! All right, it, well, it, well, the document, the document, it went on for a while. Yeah, the doc, the documentary way. is the same length, but it covers a lot more of of the story than this does. Like, like this is literally, uh, hey. I, I need Nikki Lauda to come join my WikiLeaks group, <laughs> followed by you we, asshole. <laughs> yeah, followed by we have helicopter footage that's damning. Followed by I have ninety thousand documents that I'm gonna release, and some of them aren't redacted. What do I do? And right. then title cards that explain that he may have raped some women. Like that's um. Well, it's it. Even though both movies are the same length, this one is the Cliff Notes version. No, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, like the the actual documentary covers way more information, and it actually it like 
it it spends a lot of time with the person, who, the source that was giving up most of that that stuff, and how he was able to gain access to all this information, and and how he was like just this lonely dude who didn't like the kind of stuff he was seeing, and he had access to literally all of our military's documents and all this stuff, and he was just he was like taking Lady Gaga CDs and just burning them. Uh, <laughs> he would walk in with a CD that said Lady Gaga on it, or just fill it with all of sensitive information, and then walk out with it and be like, "Did to do." <laughs> like, it's, like all, there's all this interesting stuff surrounding the story, and yeah, and they they didn't even really cover that um, the guy who got all of the like the the really big stuff, like from the the army secrets and stuff. Yeah, and what's really interesting too is, so you know, Julian Assange created this system, and uh, you know, supposedly he tells everybody he was one of the first programmers on the system too. So um, I guess I will take his word for it um this film paints him to be a total liar and asshole so maybe he's just lying about that in real life but whatever um that's that's not neither here nor there but um the whole purpose of the system is that you can upload something and it gets instantly replicated across so many different servers that are all submitting it at the same time that there's no way to trace that information back to you as being the originator because there's too many places to look every place you shut it down it just crops up somewhere else the whole purpose of this system was to to make it so that anybody could put anything up, it would be there, and nobody could take it down, and nobody could know who put it there. Uh, this film introduces this subplot of like, well, in order to create a system that is that uh, like uh, anonymous, and and you're saying, hey, there's this impenetrable, tr- an impenetrable system that nobody else can hack or anything like that, that immediately people are going to hack it, and like, there's a whole sub thread of the conversations taking place in the Fifth Estate where characters are saying, hey. In reality, there's no way you could possibly be supplying this much security. We need to bring in security experts. We need to bring in volunteers who can make this more secure and help us protect these people who are sources so that the government or hackers or anybody can't get in and find out who these people are. And that's like a whole subplot of, of this film, and that's very, very important. And what they do is they create this problem where Julian Assange himself is... To, he doesn't want there to be any actual employees of WikiLeaks. He doesn't want there to be other people. He wants him to have several different identities, and it's all him. And we don't need these other people. I can do this myself. And there's all like so they're kind of setting up the idea that like no, no one is safe. Like you are uploading this stuff thinking you're secure, but you might not be secure. And they 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 basically try to make it sound like Julian Assange's infrastructure sucks for his system and it's vulnerable to attack. Uh, the documentary never even touches anything related to that, which makes me feel like it is either a criticism of WikiLeaks or something that was just completely fabricated for the sake of this film. Like, the fact that this documentary, which goes really into depth about different things and the sources and even talks to people who were close to the source that got in trouble for releasing all this information to Julian Assange, it seems that it would be more... I don't know. It seems like if that was really an important aspect of stuff, that would have been covered. Yeah. But I I feel like this movie didn't really have that in mind. Like, they just wanted to present, like, the basic facts. And maybe they were trying to have, like, their own comment on on what he was doing. Whether maybe they thought it was bad. I don't know. Like, I haven't seen the the documentary yet. Uh I've been meaning to watch it, yeah. but... Uh, well, j- just for anybody who knows, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but iTunes has it for 99 cents. I'm assuming to promote oh, okay. the fact that the movie's in, in uh, theaters Yeah, no, right I, I just checked uh, Netflix. You can only uh, rent it via disc. Not, it's oh, not okay. streaming. 
Well, there you go. Anybody listening who wants to see We Steal Secrets, and if you saw The Fifth Estate, I would definitely recommend We Steal Secrets because it's a much better... Uh, well, I mean, you know, any documentary is usually far much uh, more interesting than the, yeah, know, yeah. the narrative counterpart. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, going back to what you were saying about how Julian Assange in this movie is kind of painted as... He's definitely painted as the villain. Um, I, I mean, I just felt like that's that's done a lot in these these kind of uh, true life films where they completely mold the events to have like a you know movie formula. Yeah. And this was definitely a case where Julian Assange is painted to be purely a villain and daniel berg is painted to be the hero who kind of just gets i mean because the whole movie is almost through his eyes and it's you know like him getting wrapped up in this world and then he decides to leave at the end yeah and from what i was reading in another review about fifth estate was which i didn't know and which they did not cover in this movie was that daniel berg opened his own site called open leaks uh after he left wikileaks huh which um i guess is somewhat similar idea but uh they did not touch upon that at all in this movie they tried to make it look like you know he got out like you know to not be associated it's almost like he escaped a cult or something yeah you know like hooray he won or whatever i don't know but i mean it's definitely painted where one is the hero and one is the villain and um i feel like just not even having seen the documentary or anything, like I feel like that, at least for the beginning or from what you were saying, like that Julian Assange is very you know jovial and all this. Like I feel like they probably worked well together, and obviously they had a falling out. He left, but uh, I do not think it played out the way that it did in this film, where there was like a major strife and that you know clearly, you know I'm the good guy and all this and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the same thing was pretty much done in the social network, but it was done much, much better. Where that, yes, Mark Zuckerberg was, a, you know, he was a prick, but he wasn't like as big of a prick as the movie made him out to be. And obviously, events were changed to fit, you know, and his character was uh, shaped to fit, you know, kind of like what the movie was going for. But that movie just pulls everything off so much better like i mean it's kind of like what uh these people were making accusations about captain phillips and how they're saying that well the real captain phillips didn't you know he wasn't like as much of a hero as like the movie paints him to be but it's like but that movie regardless like as a movie that movie succeeded in doing what it was trying to do you know yeah and and that's that's the exact thing is like even if Captain Phillips, the film turns out to be a hundred percent fictitious. There were like there weren't even pirates at all. It right. was just guys who called and said, "Give me your boat, otherwise I'm going to send some pirates." And then the military blew up the Somali base, and no pirates ever came. Even if that yeah. was the real life story, the film is still an awesome film, and it still works. Right. This this is a muddy representation of events that took place and it tries to do a bunch of things narratively to accentuate the spyness of it or the um, technology side of it or like the, the, the government intrigue. side of it yeah and it basically it spends so much time shoving in this extra stuff that 
it has to jettison everything that actually is is real information. Even if it was real fake information, it would be better than having no information at all. Yeah. So I I don't know. I just think it's it's watching this film even before I had seen the documentary. Uh, I was like, I they're not showing anything. It, it's one guy saying, "Hey, uh, we need to have more staff." It's Julian Assange saying, "Oh, we have like millions of people that work for us," and then. <laughs> Like, the other dude constantly finding out that, oh, you mean nobody works for us? Um, and then, like, that one dude comes up to him in the bar and it's just like, hey, I like WikiLeaks. Can I work for you? And he's like, okay. Well, that's a funny thing, too, is he did have this young uh, – there was a period of time where he was uh, – um, he, he was, had, like, he, a young protege or something? Yeah, like, he had this young dude who was, like, his public-facing persona when he was in trouble and, like, having to a- actually hide, which is after all, like, the shit hit the fan, um, which was later on. Uh, he had this guy who was sort of his spokesman talking to the public and stuff like that, and it was this young dude. So this character is just, like, they took all these things that are real and just threw them in the movie without any context or any, like, real information. Like, you know the scene in the movie where Benedict Cumberbatch just, just starts doing that weird dance for no reason in the bar? <laughs> that was the best part. That is in the freaking documentary. There is a oh, point man, in time where they just cut to this footage of him, like, dancing. And, I, like, as soon as that happened in the documentary, I'm like, holy shit. Did, like, the filmmakers watch this documentary? And I'm like... They, this, well, they, they must have. But they both came out this year. Uh, I, I don't know. Unless they got, like... That, that that that's originally why I was saying Advan- that if- advance word. I mean, there there were this was based on like two different books, so maybe there was a a reference to his dancing skills in there. I know it's just weird because like it's it's literally it it's the same shot. It's them like <laughs> they were talking about like yeah, hang out in this bar or whatever, and they're like dun, 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 and he's like doing his weird funk. Like it, it feels like Benedict Cumberbatch had the footage of him dancing. And learned his dance so that he could do this scene in the movie. He's like, like, guys, we gotta, we gotta shoot this. And it adds nothing to the story. It's just like, <laughs> he's a hold on, guys. I'm going to dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Oh man. Well, I the, the other movie that came to mind uh, when I was watching this was I don't know if you remember or saw. I doubt very many people remember because it was another same thing. It was another very. Uh, forgettable, like middle of the road movie, which was the movie Rendition with Jake Gyllenhaal and Reese Witherspoon, which was another like based on fact thriller, and it was like very very banal and like it just felt like a Cliff Notes version of like the whole extraordinary rendition act that we had yeah. or still have. I don't know for sure, but yeah, like back when like that was big and going on. Um, it just felt like a really like watered down like Hollywood version, and like it, none of it felt you know authentic, you know, at any way, shape, or form. And uh, that's what uh, the Fifth Estate reminded me of, where it's just very like kind of like flatlining the whole time, and yeah, something that you'll just forget very quickly. And what's really dumb too, and this is like one of the last things I'll say about the movie is. You know, like the the most interesting part of the film for me, the part where, or for the first time, the tension was actually kind of starting to mount is when uh, Assange is meeting with the two heads of like Der Spiegel and that other and the Guardian or whoever the the newspapers were, and yeah. he's working with them over the story that they're all going to be pu- publishing, and the whole deal is, okay, we have all this stuff we're going to release, and 
it needs to be redacted, but it's like 94,000 documents and we have four people. How are we going to, how are we going to, uh, it's like, you know, you know, uh, Nikki Lauda is finding out for the first time that he never intended to actually redact anything because he's just this evil bastard and he was just going to release it without redacting all the names of people anyways. And it's like, oh right. shit, what's going to happen here? Apparently in real life, he contacted like the department of justice or some government agency and was like, Hey, would you guys be able to redact information from these documents before we released it? And they're like, no. <laughs> so like, wait, wait, who? Uh, Assange, Assange. Assange. Oh, okay. Yeah, Assange. like apparently Assange appealed to the government to do the redacting for him. I mean, in 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 their defense, he waited till like two days before the release date or whatever it was. <laughs> but like, he, he still he asked him. Yeah, he was at least reaching out to people who have firsthand knowledge of the information of what needs to be redacted and asking them to uh, to release it. And I believe. He, there, there was something where, like, he posted it online but with a decryption key that you couldn't access it. with. Like, there, there's a bunch of things involving with, with, with stuff. I forget exactly how it all went down. But essentially, like, it, it wasn't like he was deceiving everybody. Like, oh, no, guys, I'm totally going to redact this. I have, like, a million people that can redact it for us. Like, it, it, uh, like oh, the whole – it's just a name search. Uh, I, every time I do an accent, it's a different accent. I don't know what I'm doing. Anyways, but like it's just funny. Like the most intense moment of of the film, really, where like it's all coming to a head, and you're like, "Oh, what's gonna happen here?" It's kind of just completely narratively made up to intensify something that wasn't that intense. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this movie was just made up to try and intensify certain things. Well, you definitely know. Um, and I'm sure he had a, you know, real life lady friend, but you know, the whole, uh, Daniel Berg romance side of it with that girl that he worked with or whatever, like that just felt very shoehorned yeah, uh, to I- have like a little romance on the side. Obviously I'm, I'm assuming he had, uh, a girlfriend or a wife or whatever, but that just, the way that it's put into this film feels like we need to have some femininity somewhere in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, even though that there was a female person on the staff with them, right? Um, I I don't know. It's yeah. I kept waiting for her to like birth like a weird like dragon, you <laughs> know, <laughs> evil spirit thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, look at this leak! <laughs> no, no, she gave birth to a jackal. Oh no! Oh, better put it on WikiLeaks. <laughs> Julian Assange is the Antichrist. Ah. All right. Anyways, yes. I think uh, I think we've probably said enough about uh, this friggin' film. <laughs> but uh, why why don't we get into our verdict, Carson? Unless you have anything else to say. I, I I do not. All right. Well, then you can just say whether you would give this a must see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must avoid. Uh, I'm gonna give it a pass. The the caveat being it was not as bad as Jobs, and also uh, the, the the image of Cumberbatch dancing was uh, a funny one. <laughs> I I mean I would Gu- say, guys got moves. I I would say this is probably on the quality of a pass, but I'm gonna give it a must avoid because we have we still secrets, which is this isn't just like a better movie of a of a similar subject matter like. It's the freaking same story, but more of the story and told better. Uh, so I'm going to say must avoid this film. Instead, go rent. For 99 cents on iTunes right now, uh, We Steal Secrets, the story of WikiLeaks. So 
I mean, uh, my opinion may have changed if I had seen the documentary beforehand, but uh, as as it stands, this uh, I'd still rather watch this again than Jobs. <laughs> well, that that's the thing is, you haven't seen We Still Secrets, and I haven't seen Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think you ever want to see Jobs unless you just want to see like how like horrible they botched that like how like how much they botched that whole story oh i i so. can i can i can imagine it just just because <laughs> just because you have an actor who looks somewhat like the character you're supposed to be representing <laughs> doesn't give you the right to make the movie well uh, i think that's going to bring us to the end of this review of the fifth estate carson if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that uh you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com where i'm leaking movie secrets <laughs> about Ashton Kutcher's name not in the jobs trailer <laughs> well people can find me over at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show you can follow us on twitter to figure out when the episodes go live at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us on facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning if you want to get, uh, yeah, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will probably come from the soundtrack to this film, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, you know, Carson, this movie kind of had me feel trapped, so we might have to <laughs> we might have to stage a breakout. So we can get into a review of Escape Plan. Yes, I have to escape from... I have to escape into a good movie. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, just, just so you know, before we can hatch this plan, I'm going to have to get in a fight with you so we can get thrown in the box. <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Carson, for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. Let's go escape with this plan. Later, everybody. Okay. From tomorrow. <laughs>